So if you remember, last Sunday, we looked at the events that led up to the miracle at the wedding in Cana, and we saw the beginnings of Jesus' earthly ministry begin to unfold, and we saw the disciples transformed from mere followers of Jesus to true believers in the divinity of Christ. So this morning, I want us to look together at this beginning of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. In Luke chapter 4, it says that Jesus returns to Galilee and He's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, having been baptized by water and by the Holy Spirit that descended and remained on Him. And then if you recall, the very next thing He did after that was He spent... 40 days in the wilderness, standing firm against the temptation of the devil, and he emerged from that desert experience sin-free and victorious. And so now we find him, he has returned to Galilee, and his fame, his notoriety is growing, and his teaching and preaching are being well-received among the people And so as we begin in verse 14 of Luke chapter 4, it says, Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about Him spread through all the surrounding country. And He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. And so as He's ministering in Galilee, I suppose it's just a natural stop along that that tour of Galilee, that he would find himself in his hometown of Nazareth, the place where he grew up with Mary and Joseph, working as a carpenter alongside his dad. See, Nazareth, if you're not familiar with it, is just a small town, a little southwest of Cana, where he did his first miracle. It's close to the border with Samaria, and really it's just a nondescript little place. And so he goes home, and we pick up the story again in verse 16 of Luke chapter 4. It says, When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. This is the very scroll that was given to him uh, in Nehemiah, as we just heard this scroll of instruction. And so he's got the scroll in front of him and he unrolls the scroll and he finds the place where it is written in Isaiah. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down at the front of the synagogue, and all eyes of the synagogue were fixed on Him, and Jesus began to speak, and He said, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Those are bold words. 
They're especially bold words when preaching to the hometown crowd. See, here's Jesus, the carpenter's son, come home from this tour that he's been on, preaching and teaching in the synagogues, and he's just begun his new career as a preacher, and he gets up into his hometown pulpit in his home synagogue that he's attended since he was a small boy, where he's been sitting in the pew, if you will, all these years from boyhood. His Sunday school teacher is there. His youth group director is probably sitting in the front row. And they're watching and listening Jesus, who they've known all his young life. There are probably people out there whose tables he's fixed, whose houses he's helped build or repair. All of them watching him preach in the home synagogue for the first time, and they know him, and you can hear him kind of grumbling and whispering, That's Joseph's boy, isn't it? That's Jesus. And so Jesus reads this prophecy from Isaiah, not just any prophecy, but a prophecy about the Messiah coming. It's Isaiah 61. He reads, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then He finishes reading. He rolls up the scroll. He gives it back to the attendant. He sits down and everybody's looking at Him, still murmuring, that's Jesus, right? Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the first century equivalent of dropping the microphone and walking off stage. I mean, I want you to understand that this is a bold proclamation to the hometown crowd. Today, this scripture about the coming Messiah has been fulfilled in your hearing. He's... He's telling the hometown crowd, I'm the guy. I'm the one. I'm the anointed one that Isaiah was talking about. I'm here and I'm bringing the good news. More than that, I am the good news. This is the year. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year God's going to act. God's year to act is here. And so we're all thinking... If we're in that synagogue that day, act act how? How's God going to act? Well, just like it says, God's going to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. He's going to let the oppressed go free. He's going to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor. See, that's where the... The quote ends in this passage, but you see there's more to Isaiah 61. There's more to that passage of text than anybody sitting in the synagogue, if they've heard Isaiah more than once, which I'm sure they had, would have been aware that the very next line in that passage of Scripture, the one that comes right after to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, you know what that line is? That line is, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. 
That's a bold statement for the hometown boy. Because he's saying, I am he for whom you have been waiting. I am the Messiah. I'm here to take all that is wrong in the world and make it right. Have you suffered? I'm here to end your suffering. Have you been wronged? I'm here to bring you redemption. So you can imagine the hometown crowd's reaction. Luke tells us in verse 22, all who were there watching and listening were surprised at how well he spoke. But they also said, isn't this Joseph's son the one we've known since he was a youngster? And so there it is. He sounds sounds good. I like what he's saying, but isn't this just Joseph's boy? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? We heard that last week. But then, if I think about it, he has a reputation, doesn't he? I mean, we're... Glad to hear he was coming because didn't he do some good things over in Capernaum last week? Wasn't he healing the sick? and That was the same guy. That was Jesus, wasn't it? And so if it's true, then surely he'll do that and more for us because we're his hometown people, right? But Jesus, it's not his first rodeo as it were. And he knows what they're thinking. And he heads them off the pass. He says, you know, I suppose you're going to quote that proverb, doctor, go heal yourself. In other words, do here in your hometown what we heard you did over in Capernaum. Well, I'm here to tell you something, Jesus says. No prophet is ever welcomed in his hometown. Isn't it a fact, Jesus says, that there were many widows in Israel at the time of Elijah during that three and a half years of drought when famine devastated the land? You remember that. But the only widow to whom Elijah was sent was Sarepta and Sidon. Just one out of many widows. Why just one? And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, but the only one cleansed was Naaman the Syrian. Just one out of many lepers. So in other words, Jesus is saying, hometown crowd, I'm not here to show you favoritism. I'm not here just for you, but for the will of God. I take my direction from God, not you. I'm on a mission and my mission is moving forward. It's true that you can't go home again. You can't go backward. My mission is moving the kingdom forward. And you're welcome to come with me. But I'm not home to stay in Nazareth because, well, Nazareth is not my home. And so Jesus further explains to them, I've told you that I'm the anointed one. I've told you that historically, true prophets are always rejected. And I've warned you that if you don't accept my message, you'll be left right here in Nazareth in your circumstances because the kingdom is going to move forward with or without you. So these are not the words that the hometown crowd wants to hear. 
They want to hear that Jesus is going to bat for them because isn't he one of us? After all, he's Joseph's boy. And so when they hear these words that aren't the words they want to hear, the Bible says on verse 28, when they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. What is this saying to us in 21st century Shepherd, Texas? See, the message to us is really quite simple. God has revealed Jesus to us. That's what the epiphany has been all about. The evidence is overwhelming that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. And we can get on board as believers, or we can reject him and his message. The choice is ours to make. But see, this is the year of the Lord's favor. We have to remember that that's not the end of the scripture because it is also the day of vengeance of our God for those who reject Jesus as Savior and Lord. See, we have to read the rest of the scripture. It's the year of the Lord's favor and our job is to proclaim the gospel message. And so this lesson is teaching those of us who have been called to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, to proclaim the gospel message to those we meet. It's teaching us that our only responsibility is the presentation of the message, the sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist as the church, the body of Christ, of which we are all members. If you share the good news and people reject you and the message that's not on you, their rejection is on them and them alone. And if they say to you when you tell them about Jesus, aren't you just Joe and Mary's boy? Aren't you just Joe and Mary's daughter? Who are you to preach to me about this Jesus? Because I knew you when you were no count worthless and couldn't put three words together to form a sentence. Somebody said to a preacher I know. Who are you to tell me about Jesus? I'm not going to listen to you no matter how well you speak now. When they say that, that's not on you, that's on them. And the Bible tells us shake the dust off your sandals and keep on moving to more receptive, more fertile ground. Don't waste your breath on those that simply will not receive. Our job is to just keep on sharing and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. And so we have this responsibility to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And how do we do that? We do that by becoming involved in the ministry of this church and joining in with what God is already doing in this community. And so the natural question that each of us should be asking ourselves 
is am I doing my part as a member of the body of Christ to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in this community? Oh, I'm just a toe in the body of Christ. What good can I do? Well, Scripture clearly tells us that there is no one part more important than the other. And the body cannot function as a whole unless all of its parts are involved. And so even if you feel like a toe, you still have a part to play. Are you participating in the life of the church? Are you coming to Bible study? Are you participating in the things that go on? We have a chili cook-off coming up. Do we not? February 5th, right? 23rd. What's February 5th? Nothing. February 8th is the dance. February 8th is the dance. 23rd is is the chili cook-off. There's a calendar around here that has these dates on there. Are you participating? Are you a part of the life of the church? It's not an admonition. It's just a rhetorical question which I have to ask myself on many occasions. Am I so bogged down in all the things I have to do that I forget that I'm part of a community of faith? I'm a member of this body of Christ. And sometimes I feel like a toe. But toes are important. And so, as I close this message, I ask you, and as we come into our time of reflection later on, I ask you just to reflect on the question, am I doing everything I know to do? Everything within my power, knowing that my power doesn't come just from me, am I doing everything I can do to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to join in with what God is doing in this community we call Shepherd? And I would add to that, may God bless you and the Holy Spirit guide you. Guide your hearing of His Word this morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.